Hello, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. My name is Jason. My name is Karen. My name is David. And this is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV series, The Walking Dead. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us again on The Talking Dead. This is episode number 36 for December the 19th, 2010. And we are happy to have the folks from The Walking Dead cast join us on this episode to do our second half of the season one wrap-up episode. So uh, we've got Karen, Jason, and David on, on with us. Uh, if you were listening to their podcast, you have already heard the first half of this list. And what we're going to do now is run down the second half. So guys, thanks for coming on and thanks for doing this with us. Yeah, we're happy to do it. <laughs> it's, it it's weird. I, I We've been doing this podcast for a while. I felt nervous my first episode, but not at all after that. And all of a sudden, I'm feeling nervous again. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing fine, hon. Okay, you're doing thanks. fine. Yeah, you're just fine. You know, you guys have interviewed most of the cast. And if you weren't nervous during that, there's no reason to be now. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, beer helps. Oh, <laughs> always. <laughs> hey, by the way, where are we listening to you from? Where are you podcasting out of? We're in Toronto. Oh, you're in beautiful Toronto. That's wonderful. Beautiful, snowy Toronto. Yeah, it's snowy and really <laughs> crappy and cold today, so uh, it's not so nice. But <laughs> sounds so great. In, yeah, I'm sure the weather in California is much more beautiful. <laughs> It is in everywhere except where we are in overcast San Francisco. Oh, yeah. I've been there. It's always a bit rainy there, isn't it? Yeah. Beautiful city, though. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Right back at you. <laughs> All right. Um, so tell us a little bit about your show, of course. Um, you guys, how long were you running before The Walking Dead was on TV? Uh, our first episode was in July, so a few months. But Jason, uh, our, our Jason, has been a big fan of the comic for years. So um, I'm sort of new to the comic, but I'm not new to zombie love. Wait, that came out wrong. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What? All things will be revealed here today. <laughs> um, so, Jason, were you reading the comic from the beginning? Yeah, um, I'd seen it in the in the shop, and I didn't get around to picking it up until issue seven, and... I immediately bought the trade and kept on going from there. Back in 2003 or whenever it started? Yeah, three or four, yeah. That's cool. See, I only got into it when I think, well, I got into the second, when the second hardcover book was out already, so a couple of years after after it, it started, but caught up and now. Did you read? did you read it from the beginning? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, I definitely did. I, I, I noticed the two or maybe even three hardcovers in stores, but I started from the beginning. There would be no point to start in the middle, I don't think. No, 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 yeah, yeah. And um, uh, Karen, you're you're reading it now? No, actually I was. I think I got up to number, oh, I don't even know what it was, maybe number 30 of the of the comic, and I stopped. And I stopped because I, I sort of didn't want to know what was coming up, so... Um, so that I, Jason, he follows them all, uh, every week when they come out and, uh, I stopped so that I wouldn't have that. So you, you kind of get both perspectives. So if the show makes it to season 10, then Karen won't know what's happening. after that. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's okay. It's, I guess it's kind of cool to have, uh, 
to have that total blind unknown you know perspective going in in some ways i almost wish i had that but at the same time it's you know it's i can't stop reading the comics just too good yeah it's one of the things i actually liked a lot about lost i liked the mystery of it and not knowing what was going to happen yeah totally we were we were huge lost fans huge as well. yeah so did um, you guys talk about lost on your other podcast um, we did a little bit on the the one the old one we used to do. Yeah, we talked about movies and TVs and whatever. So uh, Lost was a big part of that at times. Yep. So that was fun. We had uh, we had you know tens of listeners. It was great. <laughs> wow. And I think I at think, our peak. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, it only just got my immediate family to listen. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that can be tricky. My dad is is used to work in radio. He was a broadcaster, and I don't think he even listens to yeah. us. So. My wife doesn't listen. <laughs> Harsh. Yeah, I know. <laughs> hey, are you hockey fans? Total. Well, I am totally. I, I'm not. <laughs> no. Did you, did you hear our interview with Stephen? I'm not Yun? either. Stephen <laughs> Yun is from uh, is from uh, Michigan, and he's a, a big hockey fan. He's a Red Wings fan, I think he said, right? He did claim to be a Red Wings fan, but I was a little suspicious because he did not seem to know that the Red Wings were defeated by our Sharks last year. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how he could not. He's been very busy that. with the Walking Dead, yeah, so we'll, or, or with the uh, Walking Dead. So we'll give it that. I guess I I'm a huge Leaf fan myself, which is difficult these days. <laughs> oh, you poor man. <laughs> yeah, you know, after the after the preseason, they looked pretty good, and the, they won the first four games, and I thought, well, this is. There's no way this can keep up, but I thought if it does, that'd be great. And then, of course, and they went, you know, you, eight you straight, right. and, yeah, <laughs> eight losses in a row after <laughs> yeah. that, something like that. So, still the greatest hockey town, or one of the two on earth, and a great franchise. So, I'm sounding like I feel sorry for you, but Karen, <laughs> their team has 16 more Stanley Cups than ours does. So, <laughs> it shouldn't feel too bad. Except it's been the, a while. Yeah, except we the last one was in <laughs> the last one was in the late 60s. You know, and at this point. <laughs> At this point, I'm just going for another one before I die <laughs> in my <laughs> lifetime, <laughs> you know? Or uh, before the zombie apocalypse, whichever comes first. Yeah, which probably is the time I'm going to die anyways, so. <laughs> um, no, no, we have we have useful tips on how to stay alive. <laughs> yeah, but it, it involves running, and that's bad. Yeah. Um, I'm going to get one of the, what are those um, little carts that old people get, those electric? Uh... A rascal? You're going to oh, get yeah. a rascal? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you put some so chainsaws on it? And, but you what happens when you, but it's, I mean, I can see it's disaster waiting to happen when the, when your battery runs out. Your battery packs <laughs> <I'm dead>. slowly. <laughs> That's high drama, though. <laughs> yeah, and maybe your battery will run out and it'll explode. Maybe <laughs> 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 Definitely. Uh, um, just before we move on, uh, talk, speaking of sports, uh, back in the 90s, the Toronto Blue Jays won back-to-back -back World Series. World Serieses? I don't know. And, uh, you know, I'm not a big baseball guy, but that was kind of fun. <laughs> Great. What yeah. are you saying? <laughs> are you saying that maybe that's that's more than our San Francisco no, Giants have? not at all. I have no idea. I'm just saying that's probably the last major sports success we've had in this city yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> i don't that know that was a pretty uh i am a big baseball fan and that was a pretty amazing phenomenon as i remember uh sellouts in the sky dome every night and millions and millions in attendance and it was a big deal uh, i mean giving the lie to the idea that canada was not a baseball place <laughs> well i i we're the only team outside of the states right in baseball i didn't even realize canada i'm sorry but i didn't even know well i'm not a sports fan but that's pretty cool. 
That is true. Yeah. So, I mean, I the streets flooded. I remember running out around the town, and there was just crowds celebrating everywhere, and it was kind of fun. Yeah, but... being on Young Street with 100,000 people was, uh, was pretty intense. Yeah. I have to say, though, you're Canadian. You, you celebrate really politely. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, wait. Well, not in Montreal. If you've ever been there, every time the every time the Canadians win something, they riot and destroy the place. So. <laughs> really? Just like yeah. in the states. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we're all North American. Exactly, we're more the same than different. So. <laughs> all right. Why don't we move on and get into our top five? We will continue where we left off um, on the Walking Dead cast. So, Jason or Karen or David, why don't one of you go first with your number five? Okay. My number five is Glenn. That's it? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Good old, reliable uh, Andrea Glenn. Andrea is my favorite character in the comic, but so far on the show, Glenn's my favorite. And uh, when we interviewed Stephen Yun. Um, we told him that people had been saying he was like the Hurley of the show and he didn't seem to like that and I felt kind of bad because he'd only seen the first uh, season of Lost and I think he thought that meant that he was kind of just like the Joker guy and um, but I really like Glenn. He's selfless. He's he's respectful. You know, he doesn't want Daryl to burn the bodies of their friends with the zombies He's super smart and he knows how to get around the city better than anyone else because he was a pizza delivery guy. And uh, he, he's he's really naive, which is endearing. He gets excited about finding that car and um, he's he's a good person without being boring, which which I really like. And um, and I'm especially excited, excited to see uh, what's coming up for Glenn with Maggie and everything. That'll be great. I, I really like Glenn, too. I mean, I was a little worried that he was played up as comic relief a little too much, and I guess yeah. that's kind of what uh, what he thought you were saying when you compared him to Hurley, but as we all know, Hurley ended up being one of the most important characters in Lost. Um, mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, Glenn, a little bit of comic relief, but I think he's been just fantastic. I think he's been great. I remember at the beginning of this series uh, being concerned that he would be the Hurley of uh, of The Walking Dead. But he's grown, that character has grown so far beyond, you know, the simple uh, comic relief, uh, you know, fun to have in a scene kind of guy. He's, uh, I he's agree. so much more important. He, yeah, he, he, um, he still has the quips, which I, I think is good as long as it's balanced with, the rest of his character, which I think they've done a pretty good job of, eh? Yeah. Yeah, well, like and you said. I have to, I have to add, um, I'm, I'm kind of a, a fan of comic relief, actually. Uh, it's a grim series, and I like, the, um, I like the moments of levity that he brings. I appreciate it. Well, and one other thing about uh, Glenn's character, and I, I thought uh, in Vatos, too, which is an episode I think we all really enjoyed, both in the comic book, but in the uh, TV series as well, they play with the roles of people and how they're different after the apocalypse than before. So you take Rick Grimes, who's a police officer, and you'd expect him to be a natural leader. But in Vatos, the leader of that whole group was the custodian yeah. of the hospital. And one of the leadership roles in this group in the camp is this kid who is a pizza delivery boy. Exactly. They've played up Glenn's leadership abilities a little bit more in, in the show, I think. They've... Um, when they were in the department store, I think in episode two, and he was going to go down in the sewer to look for a way out. I mean, that was his plan that he laid out and said, I don't want you all coming with me. You go do this. You go do this. And, you know, Glenn has been comic relief, but also 
a leader amongst Absolutely, this group, yeah. much more so than I think we ever saw in the comic, or at least near the beginning of the comic. Mm-hmm. So they've done a fine job. Uh, Karen or David? Okay, um, I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to be a contrarian. I know that a lot of people didn't like the CDC, but I really liked it. I liked that it took the show into more of a science fiction realm, whereas before it was really about survival. Um, when it went to the CDC, it got kind of technical and science fiction-y, and I really, really liked that. I loved what uh, Dr. Jenner I love the moment that he grabs Rick right before, you know, as they're running away, and he grabs Rick and whispers something to him, which I love. A little mystery there. Um, I liked, I liked everything about it, um, including um, when they, including when it explodes, and <laughs> when they run out and uh, they make it back to their caravan, and the, the <clears throat> Dylan, the Dylan song comes on. It was a very touching ending. It, it explodes, and um, yeah, I thought it was was great. I, I heard next season they're going to find a flying car and go to Hawaii, so you're really going <laughs> to like that. Oh, my God. <laughs> if it's gonna go, what I put up with? If it's going to go sci-fi, why not flying cars and Absolutely. <laughs> stuff? Spaceships and aliens, why not? <laughs> we'll get more into the CDC, I think, a little bit later in my list. So, uh, Jason M., you are up. I am up. I'm going to go with uh, an, actually a, a specific line in uh, in the CDC. When uh, Edwin Jenner said uh, those doors doors are designed to withstand a rocket launcher, and uh, and Daryl comes in with your head ain't, <laughs> goes at him with an axe. I'm just that line I just loved. Mm-hmm. Daryl was certainly an entertaining character. He was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of Daryl, he's he's uh, he's next on my list actually. He uh, I thought he was probably. I mean, you you love to to hate this guy. Sometimes you hate him. Sometimes he was great. He had amazing one-liners. You know, I'm tempted to say that Daryl was maybe the best character on the show, even more so than Rick and Shane and all the the primary characters. He, of course, is one of the new ones, and uh, I think he's become a fan favorite already. So I'm yeah. I'm kind of excited to see that. I was a little trepidatious about having so many new characters on board and i don't think they all worked but uh uh daryl was one that that really did in my opinion and he also has probably the best weapon of everybody oh crossbow you can't can't go wrong with a crossbow (laughs) yeah and uh norman reedus who plays him just did a fantastic job and just uh as a side note fans of his have resulted in more twitter followers for us than anything else (laughs) so those are some dedicated people i'll tell you for sure yeah so, Does anybody uh, remember on the old Newhart show where guy used to come in and say, "I'm Larry, and this is my brother Daryl, and this is my other brother." <laughs> oh Darryl. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think about that. I always one. think about that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, Daryl. Um, yeah, um, I I really didn't like Daryl at first as a person, but I always liked him as a character, and now I'm starting even to just dig him as a person, seeing how uh, capable he is and. And you know, there's he's getting more complex and everything. So yeah, I'm I'm excited too to see what happens with him. I hope he doesn't just kick the bucket in the first episode of the next season or something. Yeah, I hope not. I think probably the the writers and everyone who's involved in the show know that they have a character on their hands here that uh, they can do a lot with. You know, so I yeah. I doubt they'll uh, they'll knock him off in the first episode or anytime soon for that yeah. matter. 
Yeah. On the other hand, the writers have all been fired, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? They'll get new ones on and not know what's going on. That's just that disinformation <laughs> campaign. Yeah, that, maybe. I, I think it's all just hype. <laughs> yes, me too, yeah. Yeah, and, I, you know, Daryl is not just uh, your closed-minded redneck. I mean, he, he just, he uh, when discussing things, uh, he actually is open to suggestions, especially, you know, when he was uh, talking to Glenn and asked him what uh, he did for a living. He said, well, I've delivered pizzas. Oh well, okay. He's yeah. open to suggestions of killing people. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> Different <laughs> ways of killing small people. steps. <laughs> small steps. <laughs> hey, it's baby steps. Yeah, that's right. Uh, okay, number four, I guess, uh, Jason. Num- my number four was the uncompromising violence. <clears throat> I, I, they really went for it, and uh, and I was happy about that. Uh, originally, I'm sure you guys know the Walking Dead was going to be on NBC. And I just can't imagine what the show would have ended up like. I'm really happy that didn't happen. But they get shot in the head. They get axed in the head. They get cleaved in two. You know, even Merle got his hand cut off. And uh, and I like how most of the time the violence is serious, but sometimes it's funny, like when they're hacking up the zombie in guts or or, or my favorite when Daryl's spiking all the dead zombies in the head in the middle of all these poignant moments going on. <laughs> <laughs> or Carol uh, taking the pickaxe multiple times to her late husband. Yeah, that was one of the most awesome scenes. Karen I really liked that. <laughs> <laughs> that was a pretty cool, and I liked the gore and the violence as well. I mean, it was it. This show just wouldn't have worked on on uh, NBC, is yeah. it? So yeah. you know, AMC is the right place for it, and they obviously delivered in that department. Yeah, for sure. Um, David, you're up. Hey, I'm going to cite the flip side of something that was mentioned earlier. Um, and, uh, you guys were talking about how they mentioned, um, the actors that played Merle and Morgan in the credits for the last show, but they didn't show up. Um, I'm eager to see them as well, but in retrospect, I actually was kind of glad they left some things open, uh, like that to happen in the second series. Cause it gives it a little bit of mystery. And uh, it seems like, um, you know, whether it's Kirkman or Frank Darabont or whoever is the driving force behind that, they're in no hurry to give you what you expect. They're going to make you wait for some elements of the story. And I kind of get the feeling with either Merle or Morgan or maybe both, they're going to make us wait so long that we have forgotten about them. And then they will reappear and we'll be, holy crap, they reappeared. (laughs) Um, So I actually kind of like that they left some mystery in those storylines. Yeah, I think so, too. Uh, You know, as much as I would have liked to have seen them back, you're absolutely right in that drawing it out a little bit more is is probably better for the show and, in the end, more entertaining for us as viewers, too. Um, I think Kirkman said at some point, maybe after after All Six had broadcast, he was talking about uh, just sort of the speed at which with things were happening in the comic book when he was first writing it because he didn't know if it would survive or if it would last long. So he wanted to get a lot of stuff in. But then after it became a huge success, I think he slowed it down a little bit too. So they're just taking that slower approach with the TV show, which is good. That means mm-hmm. they have uh, they have long-term expectations of the television show, which is good for us. That is good for us. Um, yeah, and, and another thing I read too is that uh, Darabont, you know, he knows that, the comic can go on forever, but the TV show probably can't realistically go on forever. So even though it's a zombie story that never ends in Kirkman's mind, uh, Darabont is thinking about, you know, 
end game eventually. So that's good too. Interesting the differences there. So yep. the end game will be the last will be the zombie chomping on the last survivor's head. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Nobody left. Yeah. Carl. <laughs> Just Carl. Yeah. Yeah. We all know that this is Carl's story, right? And he'll be the last man standing. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, Jason, I'm gonna bring it back to Daryl. I. Uh, one of the things I, I enjoyed, it's just a small little tiny thing, but uh, when Daryl first shows up, he has this big uh, you know, bunch of squirrels on a string, and he throws it at Rick. And I just love the fact that he got mad enough <laughs> to throw squirrels at Rick. <laughs> I didn't notice that there were squirrels. Yeah, he had a whole bunch of squirrels <laughs> when he got back to camp. I think he walks in, he says, I got got me some squirrels or something That's like right. that. That's right. There's like 15 squirrels on his <laughs> string there. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> tell it to the frogs. It was a good episode. It was right near the beginning. And he threw threw the squirrels at Rick. It was funny when he chucked them at him. Yeah. <laughs> I started liking Daryl right then. <laughs> He's a squirrel hurler. That's right. All right, sorry, <laughs> that was bad. Um, okay, me. I would say I want to talk a little bit about the the new characters. This is my uh, number number four. Um, I liked as we've gone over. I really liked Daryl. I think Merle is a good character who will come back someday, long after we've forgotten. Um, but some of the other ones, I'm not sure they were all that necessary. I mean, Ed seemed to be added just to be killed, um, which kind of bugged me a little bit. Even though Jackie had a bigger role, she kind of felt like she was added in just to be to add drama to that final episode and be blown up in the CDC. And then, you know, uh, Morales and his family, I figured near the beginning that they would be a replacement or, or a different take on Alan and Donna and their two kids. Mm-hmm. But then at the end, they just kind of got in their car and drove off their separate ways, too. So I guess we could see them again, but I, I ended up thinking, what was the point of, of injecting these, these new characters, you know, just to have them die, which maybe that was the point, or in Morales and his family's part, just drive off into the sunset and never hear, hear from them again. So as much as I think um, Daryl and, and Merle and, and, and those characters were great, the other ones I wasn't too, wasn't too sure on. Do you guys have any mm-hmm. thoughts on some of them? What about T-Dog? You know, T, T-Dog I didn't mind, but I felt as the series went on, he faded into the background a little bit. You know, he was important yeah. in the uh, in the department store in episode two and so on. But then there was, you know, maybe episode three or four, he was there but didn't even have a line, I don't think. Or maybe he had one short one. So he kind of faded into the background a little bit and we didn't see him. But, it, you know, that said, I, I, I think he's pretty good and I think he's probably going to stick around for a little while. I'm a little worried about... I really uh, enjoy his character, but... In thinking back on it, really, the only two notable things he did were get a beat up by Merle and then drop the key down the drain. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And then after that, yeah. he was just kind of hanging around and, and he, he uh, moved on. With him fading to the background, I'm a little worried that in season two, if he's in the background for the first couple of seasons, as soon as they bring him to the foreground, we know he's going to die. Like they'll yeah. bring him forward to kill him. Yeah, he'll exactly. He'll be he'll be he'll take a bigger part all of a sudden. You know something is up, right? That's right. He so needs that's to... the grand tradition of the original Star Trek. Anytime you saw somebody you hadn't seen before, you knew they were in trouble. That's right. <laughs> yeah, if he puts on a red shirt, that's going to be scary. <laughs> right. He's toast. I I th- yeah, I think he's um he the actor played the part really compellingly and it made me want to see more from him. So I hope they do develop his character and he wasn't just put there as a foil for Merle. 
Yeah, I hope not. I mean, I, I'm okay with them, and I do want to see them do something. Everyone needs to have play an important part in this group. You know, they one of the themes is that they have to come together to survive, I think, and he can't just be kind of hanging around like... It worked on Lost, speaking of Lost, where there were background characters that were, I guess, survivors, but not really part of the main story. But yeah. here, I don't think it, it will work as well if he's just in the background doing doing nothing. Well, that's like Nikki and Paolo. They brought them forward and eventually just killed them. And it killed them. Yeah. Hey, I loved Nikki and Paolo. <laughs> I didn't. But they were they were paralyzed by um, spiders. Yeah, right? that was a good ending for them, I think. <laughs> Buried alive. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I love that. That was a great episode. It was. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, who's next? Jason. It's my turn, yeah. <clears throat> so my number three. Oh, is, it, is it your turn? Are you sure? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Okay. Um, my number three is... Uh, this is kind of a long one, but the theme of having the will to live in the face of, of loss. Um, looking back over the series, it, it stands out that after this whole apocalypse, everything gone to hell, society obliterated, that some characters still have the drive to keep on living and some don't. And some have this kind of spark of life, like Rick and Glenn and Daryl, and some don't like Jim. The lights went out for Jim. Um, and I think it's related to family. Rick has Lori and Carl. Dwayne kind of keeps Morgan going, even though his wife is gone. Dale said said something like, you two girls are the only thing that's kept me going about Amy and Andrea. So that's sort of a surrogate family. Merle is obviously extremely important to Daryl. And uh, Jim, he lost his family and he his light has totally gone out. He just wants to die. Same thing with Jenner. He lost his wife. He thinks there's no point in going on. Amy and Andrea had each other, but as soon as Amy died, <clears throat> you could see Andrea's light go out, which <clears throat> I hated seeing. Um, Jenner, uh, and then I, I kind of thought maybe that's why Jackie was so quick to give up because she didn't have anybody. Um, so that made her character a little bit more interesting to me. She didn't have a husband? I felt like she was starting to form something with Jim, too, and that was... When he decided to give up, she was oh. kind of devastated by that. Even though she ratted yeah. him out. Yeah. <laughs> Very quickly. But yeah, yeah, there seemed to be some moments there, yeah. And I, and, and, and I think Shane is really interesting with all of this because he doesn't have any family, but he thought he found a surrogate family and it mm -hmm. got ripped away. So, um, you know, we'll see if he continues to have the will to go on. <clears throat> And I think that Glenn is an anomaly here because he seems to have no one, but he's still determined. Yeah, and he's going to find someone, I think. So, um, it's cool that you taught you mentioned just the family and stuff, and it's obvious every character is is affected by that when you when you think about it, you know. And um, it kind of makes sense if if <laughs> we joked earlier about <laughs> if you'd have the. Uh, the guts to shoot your spouse in the face <laughs> if they became a zombie. Um, uh -huh. But in, you know, in, in reality, I mean, if, if I have a family and two little girls and if I lost them, I don't think I'd be able to go on. So it's, it's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting look at each of these characters and how, how their people around them really determine sort of their, their ability to continue and their motivations and their actions and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, David, I think you're next. Or Karen, uh, one of Karen. you. <laughs> we, well, we we had talked about um, casting a little bit earlier, and uh, 
seconding that, uh, I mean, I haven't seen anybody in the cast I didn't like, but I wanted to cite two people in particular I thought were extraordinary, which it, uh, two of the main characters, Andrew Lincoln and Jeffrey DeMunn, and particularly what about them is sort of the incongruity of their uh, previous work and experience. So Andrew Lincoln, the only place I had seen him before was in this movie Love Actually, and we were joking about that before, and he sort of plays this uh, character who is stalking the wife of his best friend, who he was the best man of. Um, I, I didn't even recognize him as the same person. I had to look it up. And uh, just from a really a pretty pitch-perfect American accent, but to a very different character, uh, he's shown himself off as a very professional actor. And also Jeffrey DeMunn, who I believe had some Royal Shakespeare in his background and some really serious stuff and so i just think those two guys sort of lift the quality of the whole cast out of what you would normally see in a television series especially jeffrey i think he's he's been acting forever and and is obviously just very very good at what he does you know i'm glad that those that, eyebrows uh, yeah for sure <laughs> i'm glad that that's becoming right. and good. when jason and karen interviewed him um it came across how serious he is about his craft and um and Jason, you asked him about, oh, what about being in a zombie show? You know, this is sort of a, a definitely a departure. And, and he just t- seemed like he was taking it as seriously as Hamlet or anything else he's been in. Sure. Yeah. Was and that that a, was Doug, by the way. Was that a tough <laughs> interview to... <laughs> well, I meant the royal Jason yeah. Karen. Jason yeah. Karen podcast. Yeah, of course. Jason, was that a tough interview to do? Like, was he... I mean, just because he's more known than most of the actors, I think. Was it was it a tough one for you to do, or did you find any of those interviews difficult? Um, no, it wasn't tough. It was really interesting, and he was very, uh, you know, forthcoming and fascinating, and I didn't have to do much work. Um, probably the toughest one was with Chandler. Chandler. Yeah. Um, it, it was especially hard because he was in a car and on a cell phone, and he couldn't hear us very well. Oh. Um, and, uh, you know, I wish we'd also given him some questions ahead of time so he could, he could prepare. It was great talking to him. And, and when Karen and him got into video games, that was probably when he was the most, uh, open and everything. And, yeah. and talking about the, uh, the food trucks on, on the, uh, set. Uh, yeah. he loved that. His favorite thing, ribs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. I agree. Yeah. It's one of my favorite things too. <laughs> <laughs> we just thought that was great for a zombie show. I uh, I thought though know, you did a great job talking to him and I mean kids like to do a lot of answers like yep <laughs> you know yep. and that that can be tough to to keep it moving along you know so um, he's a good little actor too I love yeah him. he was I mean we just then saw the next episode which was Vatos with the attack on the camp and I don't know if you guys noticed but he was really really good in that he was just bawling yeah he was cool did weigh his ribs. Do you remember the scene where they had Jim um, tied to the tree after he was mysteriously digging? And uh, they called, um, after that scene, they called the kids away. And Chandler and the girl who plays Sophia kind of ran through in the background. And he trips and falls and then gets up and keeps running. I, I was hoping you'd ask him if that was that was just him falling Land down, being excited, and then, <laughs> and then getting up and running. And they just went with it. Because I can imagine he probably just, you know flubbed the run kind of and they just went with it anyways yeah i actually didn't notice that i heard you guys say it on your podcast later but i think we'd already talked to him by then Oh, okay i don't know i thought it was one of those funny things that 
They mm-hmm. just they could have redone, but why bother? I mean, kids fall down all right. the time. So. Oh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Adults too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, Jason, your turn. I think. You know, I'm going to go with uh, another something that I didn't uh, I didn't like all that much. I think overall in the series, the sound effects I found to be a bit lacking. And I thought that uh, they were a little too over the top. The squelchy kind of uh, when you hit them in the head with the pickaxe, a little too squelchy. When they were uh, pulling up the, all the zombie guts to put on uh, uh, to put on uh, Glenn and Rick, I just thought it was a little too over the top. I, you know, I was hoping for a little more realism in. You know the squelchy grossness, but uh, I just like that you've used the word squelchy three times. Three times. Like... Well, I feel passionately about this. So I just I thought overall uh, the sound effects were uh, a little bit much, and uh, the sound of the guns. Every time somebody moved a gun, it made a sound of it cocking, which I didn't really like all that much either. Mm-hmm. So I thought uh, overall the sound effects I didn't uh, I, I thought were a little. little what lacking. about the zombie sounds? I thought the zombie sounds uh, were pretty good. Like as far as you know, moaning, groaning zombies, it was uh, it was great, but uh, yeah. yeah, just some of the, some of them were just a little bit. I mean, overall, I think it was it was good, but it could have been a little bit better in, in yeah. other aspects. I can't I'll, say I'll totally notice that now that you've said it. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I, I I was gonna say. I can't say I really noticed it, but now I'll be listening for it probably. <laughs> yeah. But that gun thing is. That's just a movie and TV thing. A I gun know, can't that bugs move, me. yeah, without making a yeah. sound. And so. tires squealing on dirt moves, road, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's kind of stupid. Um, so my next one is a scene that I really liked, and it's Amy's resurrection scene, I guess, for lack of a better word. But um, I just thought they did that really well. I liked how you know Andrea was with her the whole time, and when she did start to come um, back to undeadness or become a zombie she uh you know andrea stayed there and the way andrea reacted was absolutely amazing and i think the best thing about it was just that it really solidified andrea's character um into what you know she becomes and what she's on her way to so that was the most important thing about that scene i think it was more important for andrea than it was absolutely for amy um but uh i did i just liked how how they portrayed sort of the the zombie waking up and there's a it seemed like there was a a tiny moment of of partial recognition but that was gone almost instantly and she was reaching for a a tasty bite yeah. of Andrea's neck <laughs> <laughs> just a nibble yeah just Andrea a nibble Andrea does look tasty <laughs> absolutely um yeah and then the way Andrea just kind of leans in tells her she loves her and blows her head right off yeah. it was it I liked it because really she well didn't, uh, she was obviously very upset, but she didn't lose her cool. Like yeah. She knew what she had to do, and she did yep. it. So that, uh, tough as nails. Tough as nails. <laughs> uh, okay, Jason, you're next. <clears throat> okay, my number two is zombie humanity. Um, I kind of liked how they kind of hinted that maybe there's still some of their former humanity left like when uh morgan's wife is kind of hanging out looking for him and um uh with amy like you just mentioned she kind of seemed to recognize andrea but also wanted to eat her um (laughs) but it's done i think in such a way that it's it could almost be an illusion like maybe morgan's wife just wanted you know maybe there was no recognition there at all or you know, or maybe it didn't have anything to do with humanity anyway. And then when Jenner shows that 
there's only a small part of the brain and the brainstem that's active. Um, it makes it seem like they're saying, okay, no, it, there isn't any humanity left, but, but I, I kind of wonder, I don't necessarily think this is going to happen, but I kind of wondered if they'll raise the question in the next season, whether humanity resides in the brain or could they take it in a little bit more of a spirituality direction? And, uh, I don't, I've said that I don't like when the show go, gets away from being grounded, but I think if they raise some spiritual questions around that, it, it could actually be pretty cool. Yeah, questions of spirituality are are a good one because it's, I mean, people struggle with those in real life all the time. So it's, I don't think it ungrounds the show at all to, to introduce that. Um, you know, we, we all know that there was some question there before Jim died of whether he was some sort of psychic or something because he had that dream. That would have pissed me off if they had introduced that. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, questions Karen of... would have liked that. I would have loved it. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But not me. No, I, I wasn't on board with that, so I'm glad they didn't do that. Um, but questions yeah. of spirituality and just, uh, you know, does what makes you come from somewhere other than your brain and stuff like that, I mean, that's okay. Those are things people struggle with all the time anyways. So. I could see them uh, definitely exploring that aspect through the, through another character that they meet, like if they meet a priest or some kind of spiritual person to explore that kind of aspect of it. But I, I'm not sure the whole show will go in that direction or nor would right. I want it to, but I think that they can definitely uh, play with that for uh, maybe one, two episodes, that kind of thing. Yeah. I wondered too, with Jim digging the holes that kind of thought some of the other people in the camp were overreacting to battle. Oh yeah. I mean, the whole zombie apocalypse has happened. Civilization as we know it has ended and everybody's freaking out because this guy was digging a few holes. Let the man dig some <laughs> holes. Like what, <laughs> what, who's he harming? Well, that's, that's what I felt. I mean, the fact that the whole group went up there yeah. to confront him about these holes seemed a little unnecessary. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he'll and collapse. And just tie it to a tree. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then tie it to a tree right next to the kids. Yeah. Because you, <laughs> you know, you're scaring out. the kids. So what do, you, what do we need to do? We need to tie it to a tree right next to them. Yeah. As long as you're tied up. Come every... look, you're freaking out the kids. See this kid right here? <laughs> freaking him out. Yeah. And then they let him talk right to him, you know? So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's why uh, Chandler fell down right after that. He was so freaked out. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Karen, your next one. Yeah. And this is actually my, my last one. So um, I had a hard time figuring out what was going to be my very, very last one. Uh, so um, uh, it, I wanted to say that I wanted to say like a, it's sort of a two-parter. Um, the the um, consolation is to um, the writing. I thought the writing was awesome on the show. I really did. I thought it really brought the comic to life. Um, but my number one is the zombies themselves. I loved the makeup in the show. I thought um, it was wonderful. And uh, in particular, one of my favorite zombies, I didn't notice her in the first time I watched uh, uh, episode six. Um, in the Maybe she wasn't in episode six. Maybe she was in episode five. Um, she was in the department store and uh, her tongue and lower jaw were basically detached and kind of hanging out. But I saw a still on um, a blog of her face and boy, she was gruesome. She still freaks me out. <laughs> and, uh, and I just love her. Um, so I'm going to have to say, and I love bicycle girl. I loved all of the makeup on the show. I think they did a really good job with the zombies. And, uh, and by the way, here she is right there. 
Oh yeah. Yeah, she's she's pretty gruesome. Gonna have bad dreams tonight after looking at this. <laughs> yeah, and in fact, we were talking about maybe doing a uh, zombie of the week next season, and so we'll have our weekly favorite zombie, um, which I kind of love. I mean, you know, she's she's great. I love all the the look of them. I think they did a great job with makeup. Very good, Karen. With more zombie love. <laughs> they were awesome though everybody i mean the zombies were amazing i mean they were they were awesome the effects group did a fantastic job and they were creepy and gross and uh you know i don't think they could have been any better any grosser or any grosser exactly <laughs> um all right uh jason is it my turn already? I think it's your turn now. I'm going to go with a very specific scene. Again, it was a short scene. It was uh, Michael Rooker's performance at the beginning of Tell It to the Frogs when he's uh, his hand is uh, handcuffed, and he's just on the... Uh, he's obviously slipping, mentally slipping. He's babbling to himself and just talking, and uh, just the whole desperation of him being there. And there's one uh, specific aspect where he... Uh, kind of loses focus and he just kind of stares off into the distance and he comes back to realization that he's still chained uh, to the roof and he starts screaming no 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 it was uh it was fantastic i just love that whole i scene. agree i, thought he did a I, I really like that scene and it it just made me i had some doubts about his character but then that scene made them all go away well, Michael Rooker's an amazing actor, too. If you've been watching anything he's done, he's always pretty good. Uh, I, I I had AMC on the other day, and Cliffhanger came on. Oh, yeah. And he was in Cliffhanger. Yes, he was. <laughs> I didn't. I had no recollection of, of seeing him guy, in that. He was the bad guy, wasn't he? He was the... Uh, have you guys seen Cliffhanger, the Stallone movie? A long time ago. Do you remember the woman at the beginning who Stallone drops and she falls to her death? Yep. Michael yeah. Rooker played her husband. That's Michael oh, Rooker? That's... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's different. He looks different now. <laughs> it's changed. Uh, yeah. No, the bad guy was, uh, what's his name? He was in Harry and the Hendersons. He was on Third Rock from the Sun. <laughs> I don't know. Tall guy, oh. likes to sing, plays the banjo. What's his name? John Lithgow. John, John Lithgow. Lithgow was the bad guy. Okay, well, Michael Rooker was the husband of the woman who fell to her death. So. A mean guy. Uh, a much younger Michael Rooker. Yeah. And he was in Mallrats. Oh, yeah, he was in Mallrats. That's right. Kevin Smith movie. Yeah. He got the chocolate pretzel, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> gross. Speaking of gross. Um, <laughs> all right. My number two is the Center for Disease Control. I'm a, I'm a little bit torn about this scene because I do think it's a really good idea, and I think it makes a lot of sense. It's logical for these characters to, to go there um, and, you know, seek help. But there's some things about the place I didn't really like. And, uh, Jason, I think you were talking about this on your last episode, maybe, and the the computer voice that they had in, in there and some of the technology that was that was demonstrated kind of bugged me a little bit. Um, wasn't my favorite thing in the world. And I'm glad that that whole thing got wrapped up quickly and they've, <laughs> they've moved on. So it's all exploded now. It's all exploded, yeah. So as much as I think it's, it's a logical step and I don't blame the writers for, for going there at all, I, you know, I, like we talked about before, I would have preferred it to be a little bit more of a boring, nondescript government building and, you know, not have fancy computers that could respond and were intelligent and talk to you and stuff like that. Right. So wasn't my favorite part of it, but I didn't really hate it either. It does make yeah, I agree. It does make sense for them to go there. And when I heard they were going to go there, I, I actually liked the idea. Well, so. that's it. It's, it. It makes sense. I like the idea. Yeah. And, you know, the way they, they played it up, getting there and then getting out of there, it was 
definitely pretty cool and exciting and uh yeah and i and i really like the scene where they arrive and they're kind of slowly going through the bodies littered everywhere and stuff and yeah. you know it was really really visually awesome and and so on but once they got inside some of the stuff in there i wasn't too keen on well i know what direction they were going in with that big room and the lighting and the uh, the big screens it was very reminiscent of dr strangelove in the uh the war room and i don't know if anybody's seen that movie yeah. but i just love that movie it was also That's an amazing movie yeah it was also very reminiscent of war games like it's it's a it's the center for disease control they were going with control center we need to make a control center so we need to you look at these classic control centers and so they kind of went with that i'm not sure like it's a direction they decided to go in i'm not sure it was the best direction but uh, it was definitely something they were going for nah, it was yep. it was kind of cool but kind of lame at the same time in my mind <laughs> you know well you'll never you'll never stand up again uh, stand up to uh dr strange love and beat it because you can't beat Doctor no strange that's love. amazing but uh, similarly to uh to this in dr strange love uh the big control room ends up being a spectacular failure at oh yeah the pop box. <laughs> yeah <laughs> all right uh jason you're number one i guess <clears throat> My number one is same as Karen's pretty much the zombies. I thought they looked great. I thought they shambled really well. Um, the zombie school really paid off. Oh yeah. <laughs> I thought they were really creepy, which was, was good, especially at night. The attempt, the attack on the camp was awesome, thrilling and gruesome. I even liked the CG blood effects that they did, which I haven't really seen like that before. And, and I thought they sounded really good. <laughs> and, uh, um, I like that, as I said, that they're playing with that the zombies might have, might or might not have something of their former uh, selves left. One thing that I thought was a little weird is, and I'm curious what you guys think is, um, sometimes when you see a whole group of zombies, like when they're on the building looking down at the street, they seem to kind of evenly disperse themselves around the area if there's no if there's no stimulus and stand equidistant apart. It looked like. I thought that was a little strange. Didn't you think they would like get close to each other, hang out? I don't know, <laughs> but it looked almost like they were in formation. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Didn't you notice that, Jason? They I kind did. Of, they kind of spread themselves out. Yeah, during the final scene of uh, of the pilot, when the camera was panning up uh, away from the tank, the uh, all the zombies were incredibly evenly spaced. Like just yeah. like okay, everybody spread out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like. It was just, a, it was a little odd. I agree. Yeah. But uh, overall, I really think they got this crucial aspect of the show right. I thought the zombies were awesome, and I'm really glad about that. Well, it would all be for naught if the zombies sucked. <laughs> so, exactly. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, they're pretty good. Uh, Karen and David, did you have one more, or was your number one the last one? We do have one more. Cool. Um and this is uh, playing a little bit off what Jason said earlier about the uncompromising violence. Uh, what struck us or what struck me is um, just how grim the show is. And there is a little bit of humor relief in it, but not all that much. Uh, and I was impressed by the uh, essentially the courage the producers have had in taking this route in an ongoing series. So there, uh, there's a lot of apocalyptic movies uh, so if you take 28 Days Later, which is a zombie movie, or um, I was just thinking about uh, ones that are so like The Day After Tomorrow, which is kind of a cheesy climate change apocalypse, <laughs> or 12 Monkeys, which is very grim. 
there was a mini series um, in the eighties, if you remember called the day after, which was about um, oh, yeah. nuclear war and sort of the survivors that are left. If indeed there are any, um, but all those things were either movies or miniseries. It, it, it wasn't this kind of mood continuing over an extended TV series. Really, it's going to be over uh, a period of years. So to uh, respect the audience enough to say people can take it mm-hmm. on an ongoing basis and to keep it interesting, uh, I think that's uh, sort of new ground. So I respect it. Totally. I mean, it must have been a bit of a risk for them going in to take on something like this. But as we know now, it was a massive success. Absolutely. So there you go. Jason, your number one. My number one. I'm going to go with something that uh, kind of hinted at, uh, you know, something that they may wrap up in season one, but uh, it was mentioned at the beginning and then never came back again. It's that helicopter we saw in the pilot. Mm. It never comes back, never gets referenced. Well, it got referenced again that he was chasing the helicopter, but what's going on with that helicopter? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're right. Or that reflection of that. The, well, it was a reflection of a helicopter, but uh, we, uh, you know, maybe we thought that it could have been this, at the CDC if they had uh, the whole setup still going there. But uh, no, it was just Jenner that was there. So that helicopter came from somewhere. Okay, let's let's go around the table and see if we can come up with a theory. I think I don't know if the helicopter was real. Maybe Rick imagined it. No, I think it's real. Is that possible? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they they gave a little bit of inkling that it could be a hallucination. Kind of, because when Rick mentions the helicopter to the rest of the group, they're all like, what are you talking about? What helicopter, you know? And not only that, but, I mean, Merle would have been up on that roof probably, and he would have seen a helicopter. Why wouldn't he have said something? Well, maybe he was too busy being angry and, and then getting shoot. chained to the to the roof. Maybe he was hopped up on coke. Yeah, he, during his scene where he was uh, where he was going crazy at the beginning, he was talking about uh, the chain of command. He did mention the phrase chain of command, so maybe he's uh, he's talking about the helicopter there. I hadn't thought of that. I I, don't I, know. I thought that they introduced the helicopter mainly or this was just an idea I had that, you know, Rick is kind of coming into town on the edge of town and it's the helicopter that spurs him to bolt into the center of town right in the middle of all the zombies. So I thought that was one of Frank Darabont's ways of making the show make more sense than the comic and I thought it was great. But then if you're going to introduce a helicopter, I think it would be good for it to pay off somehow. So hopefully they have something more in mind for it. Well, and they, I and I think um, that they do. I believe that they're leading up and foreshadowing something that's coming later. Um, although, evidently, this is different than the comic, right? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, they yeah. It's it's got to lead to something, you know. Whether they determine, I mean, it's it's going to be pretty hard to determine that it was just a hallucination. I think so. I think it does have to lead to something, um, you know. If you've read the comic, you might have an idea, but but who knows? It could be anything at this point. They brought point, the I grenade guess. back. I was going to say they introduced yeah. a grenade and they brought it back right at the last, right at the end there. Yeah, which I thought was good. So so that they helicop- could have Rick continually seeing helicopters oh, everywhere, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, the- and then spaceships. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> There's crazy Rick again with his helicopter talk. Yeah, that's right. There's one right there. Don't you see it? Yeah, <laughs> that'd be awesome. My number one is I just have to go with the entire first episode, the the premiere. I I it was so much. I mean, it wasn't 
better than I was expecting, but I, it was so good. And I loved how it um, it was kind of like, you know, right off the page of the comic. Almost everything in it was straight out of the comic. The expanded stuff they did with Morgan and Dwayne worked so well, too, that I just I, I can't find, you know, anything about that episode that I didn't love. And I think it's got to be, you know, near my favorite sort of TV premiere of all time. And, you know, sometimes I worry that I'm a little bit biased because we think about it and talk about it every week and we were, you know, anticipating it leading up for so long. But I realized that when I when I do that, I often am let down a little bit. And in this case, I wasn't let down at all. So... Mm-hmm. I think that means it was really good, and uh, you know, I was really excited to to have it premiere and be so so fantastic. The rest of the series was good too, but the first episode to me was just one of the best things I've ever seen on TV. So the there. only thing I didn't like about it was that it set the bar so high <laughs> that it was tough to to stay at that level. You know, I, I mean, guess so. I, I, I'm glad it was like that, but I, I completely agree with you. I, I thought the first episode was a cut above the rest of the the series for the most part. There were some highlight highlights throughout, of course, but as, as a whole episode, it just was way better. It was better. That's what I mean. As a whole, as a whole package, it was just better than all of them. Although they all were good and they all had yeah, they like standout good. scenes. You know, is, so. is that the one that ends with him on horseback riding into Atlanta? Yeah, that's a great shot. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, yeah, everything there. I mean, the the introduction. I mean, him waking up in the hospital, and I mean, part of it for me is how close to the comic it stays. But uh, you know, what whatever they did, I mean, it it worked. So I was uh, really excited. Really thought it was great. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, season two is as good, and I'm sure it will be. I'm sure too. Hey, speaking of mysteries, what do you guys think? Uh, Doctor Jenner whispered to Rick. Okay, well, I'm totally on board with your wife is pregnant. Good luck with that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, you know, who knows if he said your wife is pregnant and it's not your baby, but I know whose it is kind of thing. But, you know, I don't know. I, I haven't really considered that, but I think that's what the whisper was. And, you know, Rick then, he has no time to process it after that. He just kind of runs out and they escape and they get in the vans. But, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if... We come back in season two and we see him acting rather strange, maybe very distant, not knowing what to think. And then ultimately it comes up and uh, leads to certain things. But uh, that's what my theory is. I'm going to go with uh, you're all infected already. The fact that uh, everybody's... But then they're all going to be zombies. Well, they, they, they are all going to be zombies. I mean, I think that uh, they set the, the tone with, uh, you know, once you get infected, once you get bitten by a zombie, you ha- get the fever and die. But I think that becoming a zombie, uh, is, is, is if you just die, you still become a zombie. You just don't oh, get the I fever see. and get killed. So uh, yeah. I think that uh, it was something along the lines of you're already infected, you're all going to become zombies. Uh, you know, probably a little shorter than that because it didn't take very long to whisper whatever he whispered. <laughs> but uh, I think they're already all infected. And Rick knows it now. Do you guys have any other theories? I think he said, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Right. <laughs> no, I agree with you, Chris. I think he said, uh, your wife's pregnant and probably Shane's the father. Or or your wife is like three months pregnant, which would have put yeah, smack yeah, dab yeah, yeah. into the coma. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so... I, I think that's just what it's got to be. I mean, I, I don't. I wondered, what do you think, Karen? 
I think he's giving them vital information about how to win, how to how to defeat the zombies. Sort of like here's. Right, I'm not going to say what that vital information. Don't <laughs> kill them all. That's what I think. Tell us. <laughs> well, could be. I mean, some people were theorizing that he just gave him a tip, like, you know, go here. I heard that there's some living people or, or you know, there's a there's a farm. a farm outside of town that you might want to check out, you know, something or along like those lines. Or like a sister facility in Colorado. Go to Colorado Springs. They're, they're the closest to finding the answer or something like that. Yeah, I mean, I and that's that's a good theory, I think. It could be something like that. But, you know, to whisper it to, to him... Yeah. It's got to yeah. be something. It's, it's like a secret. It's a secret, exactly. Yeah. And he's he's telling him and letting Rick decide what to do with that information. If it was where to go, he might have just sort of yelled that out, you know? Right. I don't know. Go to Colorado. <laughs> That's I mean, right. Like I said in my last episode, it could have been, I'm gay, why don't you stick around? Because he wouldn't <laughs> want everyone else to hear that. <laughs> but I don't think so. Yeah, probably <laughs> If it was that, Sorry. yeah, I mean, I guess he, I guess he figured he was going to be blown up anyways, so he might as well yeah. let the world know. <laughs> oh man! All right, so uh, I think that does it really for our season one wrap up spectacular. Yay! Woo-hoo. We have a long wait until season two. I mean, we don't really know yet, but indications are that it's not coming back till Halloween again, which is good, but kind of bad for us. Very long wait. Um, mm. you know. We we were talking last week about maybe they should start it in August and end it on Halloween, which would be mm-hmm. better, but who knows what they're going to do. So um, It's funny that they haven't come out and said yet as if they don't even know for sure. Yeah, I mean they've they've got to have a plan you would think, but maybe they're just yeah. keeping it under wraps for now so we can continue talking about it some more and wondering. Well, I don't think anybody or, really maybe they're uh, fig- you know writing the scripts and figuring, you know, they still haven't figured out how long it's going to actually take to do it all. I don't think anybody well, announces these things uh... don't just have to do with the one show, so for AMC, I mean they have their other big hit Mad Men which didn't really cross over, but that was their big Sunday night show before The Walking Dead, mm-hmm. so Maybe it's a question of how they want to manage those Line two all properties up. together. And they've got Rubicon, too, I think. Yeah. And they're trying to bring Rubicon. I think they're trying to bring Didn't it Rubicon back. get canceled? It got no, canceled. it got canceled. Yeah. Oh, yeah. never mind. But they've got... Sorry, Jason. <laughs> they've got Breaking Bad to worry about and a new show called The Killing coming up this year, which, you know, hopefully is cool. I don't think any networks really announce when they're going to be releasing television shows because it's all, uh, you know, it's very competitive for them. So they wait until the last minute and they see, okay, well, they're going to be releasing their big shows on these dates, so I have to release on these dates. And it's all just jockeying for position. So they're not, I don't think they're ready to announce anything yet and won't mm. until other people are ready. Yeah, that probably makes sense. But I I don't know. I, I don't even know if it's that big a question i mean they started it yeah. on halloween they're probably going to do it on halloween again so. yeah well halloween's a monday in 2011 oh, well it'll be the night before then yeah so and we'll all come up with a bunch of stuff to talk about until then i'm sure we will speaking of that uh what do you guys have planned for the next 10 months <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll probably watch some zombie movies and talk about them you know we'll keep reporting the news uh, what what else do we say? We're gonna do podcast top five. We're gonna do yeah our top five lists, and uh, we're gonna definitely not podcast as often, but we are yeah. we're every we're, couple of weeks I think. Yeah, exactly. We're gonna keep going because there's there's a lot of stuff to talk about. And maybe we out. can do another joint episode in a few months or oh, something yeah. if you guys are up for it. Totally, would love to. This was this was tons of fun. Yeah. Um, what about you? 
Well, you know, we're going to take a short break over the holidays and then come back in January with something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, I we haven't totally figured it out yet, but we'll probably go down to uh, every two weeks like you guys and, like you said, report the news and just keep keep uh, on track f- of what's going on. I mean, if we could do this for nearly a year before the show was on air, I'm sure we can handle, <laughs> yeah. you know, from one season to the next. So yeah. uh, we, we also bring on, uh, we talk about other shows that we like. Um, we're going to have an episode coming up that's going to be about Doctor Who. Um, oh, we like yes. the new Doctor Who series. And, um, and we also like, um, why am I completely blanking on it? True Blood. True, True Blood. Blood. Ah, yes. Yeah. To shows i am also big fans of although i'm not uh i haven't seen the last season of doctor who yet i gotta get caught up on that but it was much it's entertaining good. you should definitely pick that up did uh what's his name do a good job very good job yeah he did and uh nobody wanted to like him right away because david Tennant was so good and then i think reluctantly after a few episodes everybody was like okay yeah. he's good you know what i loved christopher eccleston and i was yeah. not sure about david Tennant, but then he came on and he was amazing i loved him so you know, I'm sure they know what they're doing, and they've yeah. got somebody good. It's definitely a different direction for the Doctor uh, that they haven't gone in before. He's very young, and it's mm-hmm. very kind of, it's a little more campy. He's a little more, uh, there's a little more comedy injected into it, but uh, it's very, very good. Okay. I will check it out, and then I'll check out your guys' show about Doctor Who. That'll be good. Um, so just before we let you go, uh, you know, you're at uh, walkingdeadcast.com, but let uh, let everyone know where to where to find you guys if you want. Yeah, just go on uh, iTunes and search for Walking Dead Cast. There's like 27 Walking Dead podcasts now, so uh, look for the one that says Jason and Karen. <laughs> <laughs> or go to walkingdeadcast.com. Cool. And on Twitter, you're at Jason and Karen, right? We're Jason and Karen, yeah. Cool. Well, thanks so much, guys, and uh, enjoy uh, enjoy the holidays and your time off. And thanks for doing this with us. I had a really good time. Yeah, it was great. And uh, thanks so much. Yeah, better. that was fun. That was good. We thanks, had a great guys. Time. Cool. Uh, all right, we'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Don't get bit. Don't get bit. Bye. Bye. If you want to contact us on the Talking Dead, please do so at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail or twitter.com slash talking dead. Finally, you can also call our voicemail line at 1 866 483 9662. That's 866 483 ZOMB. Zombie. The B is for bargain. B is for bargain. <laughs> there you go. Um, thanks, everybody. As we mentioned, we will be taking a little break over the holidays and we'll come back in January 2011. 2011. It'll be exciting and uh, we'll figure out something to do report the news, talk about the show, and lead up to Season 2 of The Walking Dead. Thank you so much for listening. It has been wonderful. Um, we hope you stay subscribed and you keep listening and download. It is, uh, it's amazing to have everybody there. So uh, send us your feedback. And until next year... Wow. Take care. Take care. Take care.